ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hello everyone and welcome to Pixels, the bi-monthly show that covers games, gaming, and the video games industry. That's a lot of games. Let's do it. Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Pixels, which is not really the first episode. This is sort of a pre-pilot, if that's a thing. Um, the pre-pilot is going to be something that, so okay, the show, that's that's starting perfectly. The show is going to be a uh, bi-monthly, every two weeks um, overview of what's happening in the gaming industry and of uh, reviews, advice on games, stuff like that, but with a sort of an analytical uh, side to it, hopefully. Um, and we'll see how it goes. You know, we're going to start the show proper a little bit later. But for now, I wanted to put out a first episode, which is not a pilot which shows how the show is going to go on the long run, but a pre-pilot, meaning it, it covers something a little bit different, which is, in this case, the state of the industry. I would like to go over with my friends uh, who are on the show too, go over uh, the, the state of what we have in video games now, all the platforms, what you need to know, what you need to understand, um, to have sort of a baseline overview knowledge of uh, how we're doing now in the video games industry. So we'll go over each platform, say what is good and not good about uh, them, and hopefully give you a few ideas about what games uh, you should be looking at if you're interested, um, and which kind of gamer would be uh, should be considering each of those platforms. So if you're, you know, you don't have a console yet, you're, or, you know, a mobile or anything like that, or uh, you're thinking about maybe buying another one and you're not too sure which one you should get, uh, you should know by the end of this show, hopefully. And uh, to help me do that, I have three people I admire quite a bit. Uh, and the first one is my good friend Tom Merritt of DTNS fame, among other things, uh, who's accepted to join us with this uh, for this first episode. How's it going, Tom? It's going well. Thank you for having me on this pre-release alpha uh, beta <laughs> version of, uh, of the show. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's probably so. I recorded a, a French version of the show beforehand a couple of hours ago, and it turned out a little bit more serious than I thought it would be, which is fine because it's a you know a serious thing. Um, but if if this one turns out a little bit more serious as well, then don't worry. Ultimately, it will. It, it is supposed to be a fun show. We're just you know setting trying to find our, our, our footing here. So, Tom, thank you very much. You would be in the um, um, occasional casual gamer type of uh, person category? 
Yeah, sporadic gamer is, I guess, how I would describe myself. I follow the industry because it's important for Daily Tech News Show, but, uh, you know, I will go on runs where I dive in deep on a particular game and play a lot of it, and then I will go for periods of time where I'm not playing much of anything. Excellent. Uh, We also have uh, Umberto, oh God, (laughs) Umberto Moyoli. Is that how you pronounce uh, your name? Is that yeah, pretty much. Hi, Patrick. Okay. Hi, guys. It's Umberto Moyoli, which sounds um, really Italian. Okay, so I'm going to try it again. Umberto Moyoli. Perfect. Thank you. So please, everyone, <laughs> get your uh, Mario jokes ready, your spicy meatballs <laughs> ready, and all of that. It's him, um, Umberto. <laughs> so, Umberto. Yeah, it's um, me, Umberto, it, right back. <laughs> Uh, he's a guy I've met a, a, a few times on press tours because, yes, full disclosure, ethics, all of that. Um, I used to be employed and since, you know, until very recently um, at a major game developer. Uh, I was working for Blizzard, so if I seem a little bit biased on PC gaming and, uh, and uh, Blizzard games, if they come up in the show, then that's because I love them. <laughs> so now you know you can uh, decide for yourself. But... Umberto, I met a few times uh, on press tours uh, for Blizzard at different locations, and uh, it was we always had fun conversations, and it was always great to hang out. So uh, I'm hoping you will be you will enjoy this show as well. And your Absolutely, PC yes. editor, PC editor at multiplayer.it. So you're PC slanted, right? Yeah, I yeah I play pretty much on every platform, but yeah, I'm much more focused on PC and that kind of stuff. Fair enough. And uh, the last co-host is uh, Matt Lees. Matt Lees is a guy I met, well, I didn't meet, I discovered uh, with a hilarious video about um, Destiny and the synopsis of Destiny, which having played a metric ton, I almost said a bad word, of Destiny, spoke to me very, very much. And then I discovered that you actually did the... um, uh, the E3 summary videos, especially the one with the uh, Sony press conference, where ah. you, <laughs> where the Drive Club uh, fetish person <laughs> dude was featured prominently, and that was I, I didn't even know it was you, and uh, I you, you mentioned it at some point. So uh, thanks for being here, Matt. Well, well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, and you also had a couple of. Uh, 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 Mentions of Gamergate, which I, I absolutely adored. We're not going to go into Gamergate here. It's a very complex topic, uh, but I, I, I'm pretty much in line with what you're, you're saying in that, uh, on that topic. So I'm very glad you, you could be here because I think we think alike on, on many things. Yeah, it should so, be good. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. What, what's, just so we understand what, you, you, uh, what kind of gamer you are, which are your platforms of uh, choice? God, you know, I jump between stuff. At the moment, I, I've just started dabbling into the PS4 side of things, but I play most stuff on PC, but also a lot of handhelds. I kind of jump around all over the place, um, but I, I tend to gravitate more towards kind of games that you can pile lots of hours into, but I think that's just because I've got <laughs> an addictive personality. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, so, And that's why you're playing Destiny. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're well, trying to work out yeah. whether or not I want to play Destiny or not whilst that's, playing yeah. it. That's a difficult question. Indeed. It is. It is. Uh, all right. So let's get into the show uh, proper. We're going to start with the what is now the old gen and try to cover the PS3 and Xbox 360. Uh, now, the PS3 started a long, you know, 
what is it, seven, eight years ago, uh, kind of not as strong as people could have thought. And uh, since then, it's gone uh, through a bunch of different states. And now it's almost on par with the Xbox 360. Um, the PS3 is an I don't think there's a bad console um, that we, we did a f the French version of the show a couple of hours before. And I think what the conclusion was, so if you want to skip to the end, the conclusion was there's not one bad console um, in the bunch. It, it, you can't really go wrong uh, at this stage. And the PS3 is obviously a very strong choice, but it's also a console that's on the way out. Uh, it's not cheap it's uh it hasn't fallen really below the 200 well we're going to speak in euros and dollars so i don't know how much it is for you you know space money uh british people <laughs> um but a little bit less so it's around you know you can find one that is 12 gigs of uh storage for about 200 dollars or or euros But I think 12 gigs is probably too little. It's kind of saving on, on things that are going to cost you more in the long run. So around 250 euros is what you would need to sell out for a PS3. Now, obviously, it has an enormous catalog of games, but 250 is about 100 to 150 below the current gen, which is much more powerful. And... It's on the way, it's on its way out. Is there should we is there a way to justify purchasing a, a PS3 uh, in your eyes at at this stage for this holiday season? Uh, and anyone who wants to go first just start talking. I'd say it's difficult to justify a PS3 at this stage. The only reason I'd really suggest doing so would be if there's specific games on it that you really want to play because it serves some some nice little niches the PS3 particularly there are a couple of crackings like obviously a weird game that lots of people got into with the last generation was was dark souls and the fact that it was incredibly hardcore but lots of people i know who don't really play games much because it's so different and so strange got really obsessed mm. with it and obviously the prequel to that is only available still on the ps3 but it's difficult because it, it's almost like the, with the fact that the xbox 360 had a much larger base throughout the whole of its cycle you know throughout the whole of its life um, it kind of feels like the, the amount of software that was being printed and being sent out to shops was a lot higher across the board. And it, it feels mm. to me, in the same way that the PlayStation 2 had a fantastic life after, you know, for a long time, just because you could go into shops and buy second-hand copies of so many games, you know, because there were mm. just so many copies of everything out there. It feels to me now like there's an abundance still of Xbox 360 games just knocking about that you can buy for, like, a couple of pounds, Whereas I think I, that might be very, uh, very maybe not particular, but more the case in uh, in the UK because the 360 is really prevalent there. That's true. In that France, is true. For example, in France, the PlayStation has been much more popular. I guess in the US, which many of you listeners uh, might be based in, um, it, it was also the 360. So um, it's it, the the, the um, Second-hand market certainly has to play a, a role in your decision if you're going to go, quote-unquote, cheap with a last-gen console. Mm. Um, uh, Umberto, you were yeah, say something? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you guys. Just, I, I mean, unless you really want to play some Japanese games that you cannot find mm. everywhere else. It's, I mean, there are the Tales of series. There are many, many Japanese RPGs which are pretty much only on PS3. But unless you really want that kind of games and maybe a couple of uh, fighting games, you can just find on PS3. Yeah, I agree with you. 
Hmm. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned, Matt, that the PS2 for the longest time was still the best-selling console long after PS3 and Xbox 360 came out. And I feel like Sony was able to be a little more aggressive with that because they were coming from behind with the PS3. Mm. And so they, they weren't as worried about protecting a lead. They were just pretty much wanting to generate revenue wherever they can. I wonder if it changes now with the PS4 doing so well out of the gate that they're less willing to drop the price fast on the PS3. Mm. And also the reason that you see the Xbox 360 games so much cheaper in used shops. It's the same over here. Uh, and, and, and because they're coming from behind, Microsoft has that advantage. It'll be interesting to see if they can press that advantage, though. That's true. I do think with the um, PlayStation 3, though, one of the, the thi- one of the things with PlayStation 2 was that it was it kind of sold so well originally just because it was like a really cost-effective, really nice DVD player. And especially when they released the Slim one, which was, in retrospect, looking back at the PlayStation 2 Slim or Mini, it was tiny. It was this tiny little thing. Yeah, that's um, true. And I, I do think that so many people I know, I used to go around and they'd have a couple of PlayStation 2 games, but it was just a DVD player for them. And I think hmm. maybe that was partly for why it had such a great long tail, because for a long time it still remained just, if you wanted a DVD player, PlayStation 2 was a really good one to get. Whereas I feel like there hasn't been the same interest in Blu-ray. And also, even with the PS3 Slim, it's still quite a large bit of gear. And I don't, yeah. I don't really know what the, the Blu-ray market is like or whether or not that will sustain it. Yeah, I wonder if it would be Blu-ray, but but streaming would tip the scales, in which case the 360 might have a better chance there. Hmm. It's it's also interesting, something you you mentioned briefly, uh, Tom, that the current gen, uh, or at least the PS4, has seen such an enormous start. Um, it's been really, really, really successful in a way that previous uh, generations have not seen, which means the focus for developers and for the entire industry is shifting a little bit faster to the new, the current gen than it has been in the past. And I'm wondering if that doesn't put another bigger question mark on the PS, on the choice of a PS3, um, at this stage. And it's the same for the 360, but since it's, it's in many markets, uh, more, it was, it, it sold a lot more, the, the 360. Maybe that's easier to, to keep around with the, uh, second, uh, second hand market. Whereas the PS3, I guess the one thing, you're right, Umberto, there are some games on the PS3 that there are not anywhere else. Not because they're just console exclusive, but because the, the PS3 is a Japanese console. And obviously, Sony has a very strong relationship with developers in Japan and all of that, and they're used to that. And it's the 360 is inexistent in japan so if japanese stuff is what you're into maybe the ps3 is is a good choice but um that might be the only the only case of course there's you know uncharted and and a bunch of first party games um which quite frankly i think the ps3 was my preferred console for the previous generation because of those games i'm not a big halo shooter guy um so yeah, I'm. It's really difficult to re, to recommend a PS3 or, or Xbox One I th- or Xbox 360 at this stage. Um, even okay, there's one thing I think we should discuss in this in this uh, uh, conversation. It's PlayStation Now, uh, PlayStation Plus, which has been very efficient. And if you're looking on for cheap a cheap system, you get a, a fifty bucks 
PlayStation Plus uh, subscription and you get two or more free games a month. And unlike the 360, those games are actually great games, usually great games that you really want to play. So that might be another plus on the side of the PS3, right? Absolutely. It's like they have a huge catalogs nowadays to take games from. So if you have PlayStation Plus right now, you have free games every month. It's Yeah, as you said, it's a great deal. Yeah. And probably well, another reason that Sony is less concerned with making like a really compelling PlayStation 3 slim is that they, they're looking at making their money off subscriptions. I mean, all these companies are in the future, yeah. I think. Yeah, certainly. Um, okay. PS3 and Xbox 360 both are difficult to to fully recommend, even for people who are uh, not willing to spend a lot of money on those consoles. Because huh, I guess it is difficult because then if you tell someone, look at the PS4 or Xbox One, it's the future, but the future is not here yet. There are a few good games. There aren't the explosion of excellent games that we uh, we have because of the back catalog on on the pre- uh, previous gen um it is difficult i, I, I think I, yeah go ahead Matt. i just say i think one of the most difficult things about it is the fact that you kind of got with a ps3 there are less compelling reasons to to buy into it now but it's a more reliable bit of gear but with the xbox 360 in particular it's a real shame because it has a fantastic back catalog of really good games i mean even some of the earlier stuff like i still think fable 2 is a great game i think crackdown's a great game you know you could go out and get like maybe 10 fantastic games for about you know a couple of pounds each you can get some incredibly mm-hmm. cheap entertainment but and it's a big but the fact that they've made it so all of the downloadable games which are, are, was a real appeal of the like, xbox originally it's knowing that there's no way to take them with you it's knowing that you're spending money on digital games which you then can't put if you would decide to upgrade to an xbox one you can't take any of that with you it's a fresh start which is, I think is, if you're going to get into it now, just is a bit like, eh, how much do you want to invest in products mm. that you know you can't keep? And secondly, I just worry how how much support there will be for the hardware. Because one of the things I noticed particularly was, obviously with the Xbox 360 originally, there were big problems with the tech, the, you know, the red ring of death, yeah. most people have heard of. Um, but <laughs> then it was better. Most, yeah, yeah, most, most people have had their most people had one, exchanged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but even when they released the slim version, which is now the sort of standard version now, I've had like issues with them and I feel like not the same. It's not as consistent, but it kind of felt like they'd, it just doesn't feel like the most sturdy piece of hardware in the same mm. way that you can go and get a mega drive or a snares out of a cupboard after maybe 15 years and switch yeah. it on and it'll probably still work these things no felt parts right yeah like it kind of felt a little bit like these that generation of consoles in particular felt like a bit like glass cannons you know in the fact they were very yeah. powerful but perhaps weren't going to last very long and I'd, I'd be yeah. a bit worried that if you maybe start getting into it now, it might just be a case of having to replace bits mm. all the time. I don't feel very sturdy. Now, I, I was I was going to say maybe it's worth looking at the secondhand console if you're if you don't have a lot of money, but that kind of uh, puts a, a, a dent into the theory. Um, well, it depends on where you buy it. I I actually tried yeah. to sell my Xbox 360 when the Xbox One came out, and they wouldn't buy it, and not at a GameStop. It was just a local shop because he he looked and he's like, yeah, this has been repaired. He's like, I'm not going to buy any of those that have been repaired because they'll just fail again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so maybe if you, if you want to buy secondhand, go PS3, maybe. Well, it's and difficult. The, it's, if, you, yeah. if you treat it as being something you're just going to enjoy for maybe a year as a stopgap, if you kind of think, mm. I want to get into games right now, 
And it's not really if if you're somebody who maybe is, hasn't been involved with gaming for a while, it's not even really worth jumping into next gen if you're not even sure that you're going to be in it for the long run, because there's just not enough going on right now. Whereas mm-hmm. if you did buy an Xbox secondhand off a friend and then were a bit savvy about the games you picked up, you could get a lot of really good entertainment for not a lot of money at all. All right. Yeah, I guess that's if you if you're looking into if you're looking to get into gaming, there are other options. We'll get to those um, later in the show to close off the the last gen uh, bit of this show. Which game exclusive to PS3 or Xbox 360 would you recommend someone gets if they decide to make the jump? Let's start with Matt putting you on the spot oh, on the spot okay um i'd say exclusive exclusive right let's just go viva pinata i think viva pinata remains really? yeah it's fantastic are you kidding i'm not kidding at all <laughs> it's genuinely it was a good game it was a good game yeah okay. it's genuinely really good it's just there's nothing else that's been quite like it it's like a weird god game where you just have to accept that all the animals are going to eat each other and it's really <laughs> odd it's one of those it's well, really when you put it like this it does sound very appealing <laughs> it's it's weird it's it's a game that seemed to be aimed at kids but actually it was quite grown up in some weird ways it's not perfect okay. but it's really interesting and lots of people that should have checked it out and didn't okay xbox 360 viva pinata um umberto yeah i still have my Viva Pinata cover on my Xbox 360. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not alone. I'm not I was, alone. I was a fun too. I was a fun too. But no, uh, I think the Uncharted series on PS3 and uh, Halo 3 on uh, 360 for me. Okay, so Uncharted definitely. The Uncharted 2 would be my uh, pick for the PS3 for sure. It's it's an amazing, amazing game. Um, but the series is good as well. Two is, I mean, that bit when you're fighting on the build in the building that's collapsing. Yeah. I was my mind was blown. No, that's great. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. So Uncharted series and Halo 3. I think Halo is obviously a staple of the um, of the Xbox. Uh, platform in general so that's unavoidable uh tom any other game you would recommend uh you know you guys know better than me and i'm, I'm not going to disagree with any of those suggestions especially viva pinata which i i was like one of my early 360 games myself and i really <laughs> enjoyed it so I'm, I'm very, i feel i feel validated that you mentioned yeah. that <laughs> um, i'm curious though like what about something like middle earth shadow of mordor for xbox 360 huh shadow of that you're going more recent I yeah, feel, you know, I, I mean, would you, would you tell someone like, yeah, just buy one of the, you know, the recent top games? Hmm. See, I don't I, know. I haven't really kept up with it. I remember when the PlayStation 3 first came out, there were all these cross-gen games. So you'd have PS2 versions of the next-gen games. Hmm. And I just remember that they were consistently terrible. Um, but, <laughs> but it seems like this time that hasn't been such a problem. And people are just going, oh, this like 360 yeah. version of this game actually is okay. So well, I don't that's know. that's true. Yeah. They, they, you also can play Destiny on both those consoles. Um, they, they would be a little bit more expensive. If you're going on the cheap, um, those would be a little sure. bit more expensive. So I don't know if I would recommend them. But certainly you can look at that in the future, maybe get the console now and maybe a game in a couple of months, and that could be one of them. Um, if, if we're going to talk a little bit more uh, cross-platform, I think uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare... Uh, the first one mm. and actually the second one are both the you know mind blown kind of games as well they they are incredible i mean infinity ward which is the developer at the time um did such an incredible job you have to remember the the modern 
military simulation or arcade t- type game did not exist at that time. It was all World War II. And when Infinity War renewed the series with Modern Warfare, it was not only on the on the context and the the first single player campaign but also on the multiplayer it was revolutionary it, it was, was incredible yeah. the yeah they they brought the whole you know leveling system in multiplayer they brought the uh, leveling the, the the single player campaign with cinematic set piece moments that would take you like seriously blow your mind they the, if you've never played them it's really worth looking at and actually uh, i'll tell you one game platform, um, so. I'd tell you one game which isn't available on any modern platforms either, or it's only available on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, which is probably one of the best games ever made. Uh, Red Dead Redemption is something that is That's well true. worth playing if you've missed that so far. Cause Definitely agree with that. It's just incredible. It's, I mean, it's, in my mind, it's like the best Grand Theft Auto game ever made, and it doesn't even yeah. have any cars in it. Um, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. It does have horses. Yeah, it had brilliant horses, but it's just odd that it, it hasn't come out on yeah. next gen. I still wonder if they might release, but it's—I don't know. It's like it feels like one of those things where Maybe if you haven't sequel. played it already, then go back and yeah. do it. Maybe a sequel or something like yeah. that. That would be good. I, I I think Red Dead Redemption has a very very high um, critical uh, acclaim and even you know player acclaim. So they would be it would it would surprise me if we didn't see a Red Dead Redemption sequel at some point. I think we definitely will. I just, I'm not yeah. sure if it will capture the same. I don't know. It's just mm. such a perfect game. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, we'll have to see. All right. I think there's a bunch of games there to to uh, please the people who might go for a an old gen uh, console. But let's move over to the current gen, which is the PS4 and Xbox One. Both of them are excellent machines, with the PS4 having taken a very clear lead uh, in terms of sales, which is not just, you know, chest-thumping something, chest-thumping for the uh, fanboys to to do. It also means that developers are looking at this very seriously and maybe thinking... If they only have, of course, no one is a, no one that is not a first-party developer is developing for just one console. But if they have to do that, or if they have to think about which console to look at first, it seems like the PS4 would probably be the one they'd look at. Um, both of the consoles are more or less similar in case in term in terms of uh, uh, performance, although the PS4 has a slight edge, which honestly doesn't really matter all that much uh, for the gaming experience but i can understand how you would want to have the console that is uh, the best uh, quote unquote um is can we recommend an xbox one to anyone at this stage anyone who doesn't want to play halo I'd say no. I'd say no, you know, to be honest. I want to come up with a scenario. Uh, and, and I guess the only scenario I can think of is with the price drop. It's now yes, 350 exactly. bucks in the U.S. If you are someone who wants to play a few games but also have a really good integrated television experience. Yeah. And you have to want both. It's definitely not the best TV streamer. But it's also not, you know, it, like, like we've just talked about. The PS4 has got a little more of a compelling game platform. But if you want to do both... The TV integration here does work really well. And I don't even have my television controlled directly by the Xbox. I've just got it with an over-the-air tuner plugged into a TiVo running through it. But it's really nice to be able to just go from watching TV right into the Xbox One and then choose Netflix or Amazon Video or Play Forza or whatever it is that I want to play mm. uh, all in one. So that's that's the only advantage over the PS4 that I can 
think of. And you know what? That that element of it will only get better with time. I mean, there's always these when you buy yourself a set te- set top box or an inter- something that's integrated into your television. There's always a chance that it will just get left behind, and the firmware updates will stop, and suddenly it just won't be as good as it was at one point. Where you kind of know with the Xbox One that element of things in terms of the TV integration into it is going to continue to get better. But the problem is, if you live if you don't live in America, it just doesn't really work. <laughs> like, it's just that simple. Like in the UK, it just it, maybe they've patched it so it works a bit now, but does it does the TV pass through? Is it really buggy there or something? There were huge problems at launch. It yeah. was just it was adding lag and adding like um, stuttering to television, so it would, was just making TV yeah, jump. No mm. um, and it was just like, <laughs> how have they done this? Um, but even so, it was like so much of the pitch uh, when they start first start talking about it was going, "Hey, do you like watching basketball? Well, how about seeing live stats updating?" And it's like. It's all kind of centered around American television and American sports. And Hmm. not only is there not really much of an interest for that in Europe, um, they're also just, we don't have the same TV channels. You know, they don't have, it's just not broadcast as much, you know. So the idea of having NFL live with player stats and integration is just like no (laughs) one in Europe. It's not as compelling for sure. Yeah, and you kind of looked at it and you kind of think to yourself, well, maybe they'll do that for like football as well. Like, well, so, you know, English football (laughs) Um, or soccer, if you're in America. Um, But you kind of think, well, if, I don't know, you kind of think like, well, you're kind of putting a lot of trust in the what if there because they haven't said that they're going to do it. And so you kind of think, are they going to do it? And in the past, it always seems like when things are primarily centered around American TV, they take so long to come to the UK. I remember even waiting for stuff like things like BBC iPlayer on the last Xbox. It feels like they very much make a a kind of aim to get things going and working properly in the American market very quickly with Xbox stuff. But everywhere else kind of is on a massive lag. Well, especially since... Uh, with all the you know issues of communication and the connect issues that we've <laughs> uh, seen about the Xbox One, which we could get into at some point. I mean, maybe in a future episode, I'll uh, you know unload everything I have on my chest that I want to say about <laughs> Microsoft's communication, which is a lot. Um, they're they're really focusing on games now. It's like party's over. We thought we had something. Now we're not joking around. We are focusing on games. So I don't think anyone is left tweaking the TV integration part of, of the yeah. Xbox One. Maybe there Although is. Although they did come out with that dongle only in Europe for over the air, which would be nice yes. to have here. But I, I have a feeling that was just in the, in the works. and they've, Yeah, exactly. They just cranked it out. Well, mm. the, the yeah, thing I mean, is, they have changed direction, but it kind of, it kind of can't to a degree because the, the system itself was built around this sort of architecture for switching between things, whereas... Mm. The PlayStation 4 is sort of almost just ridiculously yeah, just simple in a way. Yeah. It's just a really powerful computer. Whereas they've kind of got multiple processors in the Xbox One, the idea of being able to switch between different processors. It kind yeah. of feels like they've they've created a rod for their own back and they're, they're even at this early stage struggling to keep up in terms of performance. Mm. And it's just a case of whether or not what happens is we could see in five years' time what happened with the PS3 of the, them catching up and there being just this perfect parity and both consoles being identical. But it may be that the PS4, because it's built as a more solely single focus machine, will just continue to just be better all the time. It's hard to yeah. say. Um, Umberto, you were going to say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, <clears throat> I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's like Microsoft had this really ambitious idea. You may like it or not, but it was at least different. It was not just an idea for a console. But now 
it's just the Xbox One as a console, more focused on games, and uh, I don't know, it's, it seems to me that they have less interesting exclusives, and if you mm-hmm. don't have that kind of uh, uh, multimedia center kind of... Uh, kind of um, use? Yeah, use, right? It, it's not so appealing to me because it's a little bit mm-hmm. less powerful, probably, and exclusives are not so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I think they have a huge problem in the, also in the long in the long run. I guess the the exclusives. If if you're looking at Halo or the Forza series, then yes, there are really interesting things. But the other exclusives are you know Sunset Overdrive, Overdrive which is cute, but it's not the system seller. It's not you're going to buy the console for that game. Um, and to be honest, even on the looking forward side of things, the Xbox One came out with. I think completely the wrong way, but they were trying to address issues that we are going to have throughout the life cycle of this generation of console, which is the issue of uh, uh, dematerialized, you know, digital sales. Mm, yeah. And they were trying to say, all right, they say they said it all the wrong ways, but they were trying to say, we're going, we're going to go there. So let's try to make sure that the system is built up from the it's built from the ground up to make sure that we can address things. You could, you know, give a game to someone, lend a game to someone, all of that. And they completely had to fold on all of this instead of uh, yeah. explaining the good sides, which anyway, that's a, a whole other conversations a conversation. But what I was going to go to is they were looking forward. And now something I really didn't think was going to happen, it's looking like Sony might be looking forward a little bit more thanks to their mm. streaming video games integration of Gaikai, which is being used on the uh, horrendously expensive uh, game <laughs> rental service PlayStation <laughs> Now. But, you know, that's that's part of the thing. They They can probably lower prices as things go on. They probably couldn't raise them. So it's understandable that they would go a little bit too high at the beginning. But not just that, the share play feature which just came out with the uh, patch the, the the patch for the console where you can invite someone one of your friends to play a game with you that they don't own um is is really cool. It's just of course you have to have the right connection and all of that. So somewhere this Don is just, Matrick is just tearing his hair out right now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's it anyway, that that was a mess. But and th- there's also the uh, Project Morpheus, which is a virtual right. reality headset, which I'm not, you know, I'm not certain Sony can pull it off, but maybe. And I'm sure Microsoft has one in the works as well, because this is the new thing, right? Everyone's getting in on that. Um, but it's surprising. I mean, even on the uh, looking forward aspect of things, I think Sony has it right this second. Things might change drastically in the next few months or couple of years but at the moment even there sony is is uh, uh more on top of things right they're not on the back foot that's the thing i mean mm. i was actually really saddened when microsoft completely turned around their entire plan for the console because at first when they announced it i was sitting there going what the hell are you talking about this is insane <laughs> it seemed like suicide but then actually after a couple of days of thinking about what they were offering i was like actually this is amazing they've just not explained mm. it well yes. and i'd actually come they, around okay. to it Okay, so, all right, let's do this now. Let's do it. (laughs) They came out saying, I mean, I was working in PR, so that that kind of rubbed me all the wrong ways. They came out announcing all of the things they were taking away and then mentioned in passing all of the things that they were bringing. 
And all of the things that were, they were bringing were awesome. I mean, the, the family sharing thing that you could share games with a list of, uh, you know, 10 people that would be quote unquote family members. You, of course, you could, it yeah. could be your friends. It, that was really excellent. And that was thrown away. So anyway, that, that's my, you know, two minute summary of that situation. But yeah, the thing is, so much of what they had was that. And now what we're seeing is we're seeing Sony after, after making a stand of saying, Hey, no, we're going to be, just doing it traditional, old-school games console, yeah. no messing around. Now, they're very quietly moving into the area of what Microsoft promised, yeah. whereas Microsoft have built a console for that stuff, and now have just completely abandoned it in favor. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I, I don't know how they're going to get out of the mess because they just, they're just basically yeah. seem to be just trying to dig themselves out of a hole. But it's weird. It's like if you're going to buy one of these consoles at the moment, if you, unless you're a big fan of Halo, and, I mean, they're, they're releasing more Gears of War stuff. I mean, I'm not really... They're fun games, but they're not going to sell a system yeah. to me personally. Yeah, it's yeah, a- but there are there are fans, there are people Absolutely. who are want that, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they're, they're huge franchises. You know, I'm not going to slate that. Um, but I just feel like if you're somebody who's on the fence and doesn't really know, then it's it's not always the best choice, but it's always the safest choice to just follow the numbers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, you know, I bought a Dreamcast when it was dying, and I've always regretted that. <laughs> um, you can say you can say you've owned one. That's you know, badge of you know, honor. I had some great yeah. times with it, and towards the end of it, I got some very cheap games. And I'm currently <laughs> going to attempt the same strategy with a Wii U at some point. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Ooh, we'll get we'll get to the Wii U. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. actually turning around on the Wii. U. But you know, let's talk a little bit more about the PS4 in closing. There are bad things about the ps4 right the the ui is okay but it's not incredible they've been having more problems on the network infrastructure side of things uh they're not deal breakers but we we should mention them as well it's not like the ps4 is on the you know perfect situation and with the deal that's happening in the u.s hopefully it will be brought over uh, in europe as well at some point but the xbox one is actually cheaper it is Fifty dollars cheaper. That's and and sometimes you have a uh, two games coming with it if you buy it for that cheaper price. You have uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Unity, which are two very good games. Um, I don't know if you'll you know if you won't be bored to death after doing both of them one after the other. But much, still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still, you know, it's it's very good games, and fifty dollars is not nothing. It's it's an extra game. Um, no, it's very true. It's very true. It's just a case of um, trying to work out how it's going to pan out. And it's difficult to say. At the moment, it feels like publishers are going to naturally gravitate more towards Sony this generation just because they've got the bigger mm-hmm. lead. And we've yeah. already seen it on a very basic level. Um, I've been playing, as you say, a lot of Destiny lately. And as much as I find it a conflicting game, one of the most difficult things about the game currently is the fact that their plans for how much they're charging you for extra content is a lot of money. And however, because they've got this deal with Sony, you are going to get m- a lot more stuff consistently yes, but you have one extra on strike 4, which is yeah. because you're getting it's so lot, yeah. so little uh, it's a lot um mm. and i kind it of wonder there... if we'll get more deals like that you know yeah, it seems there Sony is really aggressively chasing uh, publishers for exclusive stuff. And usually it doesn't mean much. It's time-sensitive uh, uh, stuff, and then you end up getting them on both consoles anyway. But Sony seems to be doing a little bit more. I'm guessing Microsoft is going to do that as well. So anyway, PS4, Xbox One, they're both excellent consoles. It seems unless you're really dead set on getting Halo or Forza, or you have a, an actual use for the uh, entertainment center side of things, PS4 might be a better choice even with the more uh, the slightly higher price given the promotions on Xbox One at the moment. Um, I'll put it this way, Patrick. I have both uh, just 
for evaluative purposes, I bought them both. And I live in the Xbox One. That's where I watch Netflix. That's where I have my television, like I said. Uh, but when I want to play a game, the PS4 makes me switch that input over. Hmm. Uh, and that's, that, that's a big deal for the PS4 to be able to do, but they do it. Yeah. So best games for the PS4, I guess we might be looking at the future a little bit uh, and then we're speculating because we don't know if they're going to be good. But which games would you tell people they can either get now on exclusive to that console? Uh, let's go on both uh, or look forward to in the future. Um, PS4, Xbox oh. One, anyone? Umberto? PS4 for me is right now is really Bloodborne. I'm so <laughs> looking forward to play it because... I played it a little bit at the Tokyo Game Show, and I'm not a super fan of the Dark Souls series, but still, it's it's really solid for the first time. Uh, that kind of game, uh, that kind of from software game, has a really solid, nice graphic. The the, the universe, the graphic, the art style, everything looks really solid, and it's it's a really nice game. So I'm, and it's so- I mean it's coming out February, so it's close and. Uh, we can start to i mean look for we're pretty much ready yeah yeah, yeah. we're pretty much ready to play yeah. it. it's so it's interesting what you're saying you're not a fan of the of the dark souls demon souls series and still you enjoy you're looking forward to bloodborne that's interesting to me because i i never got into those and but it feels like i'm missing out on something um i played the demo uh, oh no i got it through games for gold live thing um the the demon souls or dark souls i can't remember um and it was okay but you're saying bloodborne is actually more i don't know you're looking forward to it more yeah because dark souls it's it's a cool game but it's it's still it's another fantasy kind of game here in Mm -hmm. bloodborne the the universe is much more unique i think it's much more interesting maybe it's just my taste is but yeah, it's it, yeah. it's different. Dark Souls is another fantasy RPG. Okay, it's unique, unique gameplay, super hard. But Bloodborne has it has an age on uh, on the Dark okay. Souls series. Fair enough. Um, another game, anyone on PS4 or Xbox One specifically? Let's let's try to give a little bit of love for to the Xbox One. Let's make an honest effort. If we put Halo and maybe Forza well, aside, is there no. anything? I was going to say Forza. All right. Apparently, yeah, Forza. Um, the new Forza is apparently incredible. Um, mm. Really, really strong. I've, I've actually been speaking to people on the weekend, and lots of people were just repeatedly going "wah" and making amazing noises <laughs> about it. Uh, which are not people who even like cars that much. So you kind of know you're on something good. I think mm. a, a multi-platform game I'm enjoying a lot at the moment. It's kind of it's maybe one not to get straight away because I get the feeling it's going to be about half the price it is in about a month. Uh, but Shadows of Mordor, yeah, the Lord, new Lord yeah. of the Rings game, is a lot of fun. And it it's very much doesn't feel like a next-gen game in a way. It feels a bit like playing a PlayStation 2 game in terms of the the feel of how it progresses. But it's got some modern stuff. But it's just very comforting. It's just a really... It's a good video game. And uh, it's mm. it's... It's something about, I don't know, it's very easy these days to get wowed by shiny graphics or the promise of innovation or the promise of a story like you've never experienced before and then feel a bit disappointed where it's kind of nice just to play something where somebody says to you, hey, this game's loads of fun. <laughs> and you play it and you just go, it is loads of fun. <laughs> and that's kind of the deal. Um, yeah. Um, any more? Yeah, I was, going to, I, I was going to say... Oh. I was going to say Halo Sorry. 5. I don't know if oh, you want ahead, to talk Matt. about Halo or not. but Oh, sure, sure. No, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm teasing because Halo is obviously something that Xbox I know. One yeah, owners are going to... Yeah, it's pretty obvious. 
Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm probably going to get an Xbox One very soon, if only to play the the Halo uh, Master, Master Chief Collection, the series that gathers all of the games. Because I've I've never really gotten into them, and being a fan of really? Destiny as I am, yeah, it, it was I I missed them um, for a bunch of reasons. I was in Japan and all of that, but um, okay. yeah. So go ahead, Halo Five. I think I, would tell, okay, I play. I'm oh, sorry. No, no, no go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, I play pretty much every FPS on my PC, but I really enjoy Halo because it's because it's different to any other FPS. It's an FPS made for a console, made for the pad of the 360 and the Xbox One now, which is the best controller because we were talking about differences between the PS4 and Xbox One. Xbox mm-hmm. One has a better controller. And Halo 5, I think, maybe, again maybe the best FPS on consoles, I hope so. So uh, I think that's really huge exclusives. And uh, I think that if you are playing on console and you, if you want to play an FPS, Halo is still the best option. That's my opinion. Because, it, yeah, okay, uh, Call of Duty is huge, but if you play Call of Duty on PC, it's better. If you take pretty much any other FPS, it's better on PC. Okay, you don't have Halo on, uh, uh, on PC, but when you play Halo, you feel that it's made, it's built for the pad, mm. how you can jump, how a lot of different mechanics come together. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to that series. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What Tom, about do you have any fall? Yeah. It's not my t- style of game, but everyone I know who has an Xbox one who does like that just raves about it. It should be pretty cheap now too. It came out yeah, in exactly. March. I'm going the yeah, opposite it's... of what I did with the Xbox 360 and, trying to come up with something a little that'll save you a little of that money <laughs> yeah it is uh it is definitely a, an excellent game it's super fun uh, for some reason it didn't catch my attention for very very long though um i don't know i played it on pc it was great i think it, it lacked the single player experience that would get me in the mood i guess it was just straight into the action i didn't i i need a little bit of uh you know preliminaries i i need to be teased a little bit <laughs> i guess how about a little kiss <laughs> yeah first. exactly Robot yeah, yeah. but but it is it is yeah <laughs> i want a little bit of foreplay with my giant mech that i'm gonna get into to destroy everyone else it's a you know, it's, an, it's a super well-made game. I mean, game design-wise, design, design wise, it does so many things right. So many things. The, 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 the change of pace with the, the mechs that you get into to shoot everyone else, and then it's balanced still, and you, you don't have them too often, and then it's still epic when you're in one. It's, it does so many things right. I would definitely uh, recommend it to anyone, and it is, you're right, an Xbox One exclusive. So. But it is strange in the fact that every Everybody I've spoken to who's played Titanfall absolutely adores it and yet found themselves just not playing, not playing it after it, about yeah. a month. And just it seems like it just it's like a candle or a firework that burns out mm. super fast. It's like, wow, that's yeah, amazing. I'm done now. Of video. <laughs> <laughs> Dark All right, anything Oh, I was gonna yeah, nothing also options, mention but... oh. Go ahead. Go ahead, Umberto. Umberto. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem for me was I reviewed the game, it was fun, but as you said the problem there is that there are not enough options, and you can see mm-hmm. there there is going to be a Titanfall two, and maybe they are keeping some ideas for the sequel. But still, yeah, it's a shame because great mechanics. Uh, I, I like the style, but there are not just mm-hmm. enough options and modes and stuff to do to keep you engaged in the long run. Yeah. And, and, and what, Titanfall two will likely come out for both consoles as well. Uh, it I think, seems. I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, Respawn Entertainment, which is the Infinity Ward people who went to do another uh, studio, they they've been hinting at the fact that they would like to do multi-platform. So, it, but maybe you know, Microsoft is going to keep shelling out the money. We'll know. We'll, we don't know. We'll see. Um, One thing I any, would say, um, finally, yeah. for in terms of the new consoles, not so much a recommendation for a game, but definitely a recommendation of something you should do if you're thinking about getting a PlayStation Four. Or, or a Vita, is if you do sign up for PlayStation Plus in advance, then what you can do is, as long as you've got one of the systems, or maybe you can even just do it in a web browser, actually, I'm not sure. Yeah, you, you can. You can go and you can just claim all of the free games every month. And as long as you're, you've got the membership, you're, you'll just build up a library of games, even if you don't have the consoles. And so it means that if you're thinking about getting a PlayStation 4, maybe in six months or maybe in a year, it's kind of worth doing it just so that when you get your console, you'll suddenly switch it on and you'll have like loads of really good games. I mean, that's what I've been doing. And I've kind of been kicking myself. I haven't been doing it for longer because you just end up getting loads of great stuff for hardly any money. I think you can do it on the Xbox One if you have a subscription, but you can't do it, uh, and but not on the Xbox 360. However, you can do it on any Sony console, uh, and that absolutely you should definitely do it. I've been doing it for a year. Yeah, you can I just like up, claim uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and get Rezo um, Gun. That, that's the one thing I would add. Every <laughs> so PS4 player, oh, oh, yeah. potential owner, should grab Rezo Gun. I still yeah. haven't got that yet. I'll, I will do that myself. Oh, it's 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 just stupid <laughs> it's fun. fun. It's great. Yeah, it's fun. Um, any, you know, we, we didn't get a lot of recommendation or looking forward to uh, on PS4. Anything else except for Uncharted, which is obviously something we'll hopefully be enjoying. I don't think end of next year, but maybe after that. Uh, anything else? Um, the, the Order, is that something? I, I've heard people mm, who played mm. it weren't mm. super... Yeah, Umberto is not... Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it has a great... <laughs> it has a nice graphic. It's it's really a cinematic game, which is good, but at the same time, I, I mean, I just played a couple of demos, so I'm not an expert, so I, I don't know. I don't know a lot about the game, but still, when you play, you can feel there is there is nothing new in the gameplay. Mm. It's still another okay. uh, kind of shooter. Okay, it's cinematic, but... I don't know, and okay. if you look at the if you look at the calendar of the calendar, uh, I'm sorry. If you look at the calendar, uh, usually uh, Sony has one exclusive every month. In February, they're going to have both Bloodborne and the Order, which means yeah. that maybe they're not so sure about the Order. But maybe it's just mm. my speculation. Yeah. But possible. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. month maths. Yeah. Uh, it's also where that weird point of the year now where often publishers don't really want to cannibalize their own like products by talking about future stuff too much. So we're in a mm. weird zone now where in terms of stuff to be really hyped about for the next gen consoles, it's kind of a bit of a gray zone at the moment. I think when the new year starts in January and February, they'll start to uh, start mm. teasing the new next gen projects that are coming out in the end of the year. But at the moment yeah. it's kind of like the calendar is looking slightly sparse just because I think they've worked out from past years. That if you start hmm. banging on about the new like style of, you know, if they said Watch Dogs 2 or whatever, then that might start to, <laughs> people would be so excited yeah. about that that they'd be like, oh, I don't want Assassin's Creed. I'll wait for that. <laughs> um, so we're kind of in the, it's, a weird zone. It's just interesting that we have more games. I've been writing them down. We have a few more games on the um, uh, Xbox One side of things than PS4. And and still, we're recommending the PS4 more. I'm not sure how I reckon. I still believe the PS4 is probably the best machine to get, but 
It just yeah. feels like uh, traditionally we've seen that the consoles that have the biggest install bases get favoured yeah, by publishers. Sure. And, and sometimes... Are, and there, it's, yeah. Yeah, and there are exclusives uh, for the PS4. I mean, Uncharted, we've talked about. There are many more, you know, Gran Turismo, a bunch no of Man's them. Skies. Although we, No Man's Skies, yeah, uh, which looks really interesting. We haven't talked much yes. about the indie scene, uh, but the indie scene is also... I guess both consoles have them now, but again, the, the PlayStation 4 might have a sm- slight edge uh, there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, we're going to see a Last of Us sequel at some point, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Let's 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 move on. I think we've covered the current gen uh, well enough. And now we have a sort of weird, is it current gen? Is it old gen? What is it? <laughs> Wii U uh, question. Uh, and it's current we talk gen. About, don't don't let us try to gen. fool you. <laughs> don't, don't neg it. <laughs> so... I have a quick story about the Wii U. I've been trying to get my uh, wife to play video games for ever since we met, which was about five years ago. And every year, every six months, every year, I would show her a game and tell her, hey, do you want to try this? And she would would be like, okay, just, you know, to make you happy. And she would try and she would play for 10 minutes. And that that would be it. And um, last week when I left my job, my colleagues, who are awesome, uh, bought me a Wii U. They were like, you're going to be doing podcasts. You need to know about this too. Here you go. This will save you a few bucks. And they gave me a Wii U, which was fantastic. So I've been, you know, playing it nonstop all weekend for research for this show obviously you know it it was work um and uh my wife was looking at this and at some point it was like hey do you want to play mario kart a little bit it's it's fun it's easy to get into and she was like "Ah, all right fine i'll do it and then nintendo magic it was she was having fun she was she kept asking to play more we played for about i don't know an hour an hour an hour and a half and she was actually having fun it was great um and you know nintendo has this incredible ability it's really magic like they're both in uh design like game design and and uh, artistic design and mechanics and everything they're kind of a wonderful disney slash pixar masterful uh 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 artist and they design the games in a way that is actually enjoyable for everyone and that that can um i don't know that is enjoyable both on the fun side i mean she was playing toad and she was laughing every time she would see him going like Woo-hoo! and <laughs> and on the gameplay side she was having fun um it's it's an you amazing so machine surprised. right well, you know, she's never... I tried to get her to play... Uh, she played Gone Home, which is an amazing, uh, you know, storytelling game rather than game game, but still, it's fi- fantastic. I've had her play easy fighting games like Tekken and stuff like that. You just mash the buttons. I've had her play a few games. She never enjoyed anything. Um, and I had exactly one, the same thing with my partner, in fact. She's mm. just not interested in it whatsoever. And I, she used to be interested in Goldeneye when she was younger, but now... She's just done. And it's the same thing, actually. I haven't actually managed this yet, but I was playing um, the latest Zelda game on the 3DS a couple of months ago, and that's the one time that she seemed even vaguely interested in the fact I was just playing it in bed, and she was just sort of like leaning over and just watching me. She just sat watching me for about 40 minutes, and it was just like, <laughs> you could tell it, even she was just intrigued by it. It was like, it's, yeah, it's kind of like sometimes people write it off as just being like, oh, I don't like yeah. cutie stuff, but it's like, you're right. That like, even the aesthetics, especially the most recent Zelda game, on 3ds which is just like an insane aesthetical masterpiece Uh, Mm. 
Um, I mean, they do on, just create these Mario, compelling things. On, on 3D World, um, which is on the Wii U, you have like, actually, it's in all the Marios. You have the music, which is super fun and jumpy. And you have the plants that dance to the beat of the music. It's, and it's silly. It makes you, you just want to go boop, boop, boop. <laughs> it's fun. Um, no, you're right. You're right. So, and, and people do write it off sometimes. I think it's – and it, it was justified a few months ago maybe still. But now there's such a compelling – of course, it's all Nintendo. I mean, you have a few additional games if you want to get them as well. You have Bayonetta 2, which is really cool. You have uh, a bunch of older games as well. But it's really for Nintendo that you're going to buy a Wii U. And their lineup is so compelling now. Um, I think it's a good console. It's a legitimate choice, right? Yeah, well, the I console agree. itself I, I, has I, I, never been oh. bad. It was just that they your your games were popular in spite of the console. Like <laughs> it, it, with the Nintendo Wii, it was oh look at this motion controller that's really innovative and it's really fun and people get it right out of the gate. With the Wii U, it was this thing doesn't look as nice. It's also got this weird dashboard. We're not sure what it's good for, and the games hadn't come out yet. Hmm. Umberto. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's if you want to buy the Wii U, which I think is a really good kind of side console if you already have the Xbox One or PS4, you have to know that you're going to buy like three or four, maybe five games every year, but are really good games. And the uh, Amiibo are coming out, which is, uh, I think it's the kind of idea that works really well with the uh, Nintendo games, because you can use these small kind of characters and take them from one game to the other. And I think it will be a really cool idea for Nintendo games. And if you look at the coming out games, coming out games, they have some really cool stuff like Xenoblade Chronicles. It's good games. The Legend of Zelda, it's a good game. Also Splatoon, which is not maybe yeah. a, a huge brand. It's, a, it's a, like a new brand. I've played it. It's a fun game. It's really in the in the Nintendo mode. So yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, just maybe you don't want to have just the Wii U, but as a side console, it's great. I think uh, on the on the French show we had um, someone who uh, is a dad and uh, has a show, a French language show, just about being a gamer and a dad. And he was saying the Wii U is actually fantastic for for this because you can play it with the whole family. But and also you do have other games like Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed, and you have a bunch of those as well if you want like serious games, quote unquote. Um, but at the same time, if you have a family and someone wants to watch the TV, you have that stupid like controller that's also a tablet, um, and and you can play your games on that. And even though you, the UI is terrible, I mean it's it's <laughs> horrible. You can't yeah, turn really. it off. You can't. You can't. You have to do the things on your controller and you can't do it on the screen. So you have to look at this tiny little thing, even though you have this giant TV screen in front of you. And, but you can play the, the tablet. Uh, I mean, you can play all your games on the tablet and it works. So you have someone watching the TV, maybe your kid wants to watch a, a, a cartoon and you want to play on your console and you keep an eye on the kid or, you know, vice versa. If they want to play a little bit of games and you want to watch TV, it's possible as well with one machine. Um, and as you were saying, Umberto, they have 
an excellent fun racing game you know they have their their version of a racing game they have the best platformers they have uh, an excellent uh, brawler which is coming out uh, super smash Bro- brothers super super smash bros um and Um, you have an FPS, a Nintendo-style FPS that's coming out. Um, so it is a compelling machine. As a second console, it's a really compelling choice for a second console, but I think also for some people as a first uh, machine as well. You're buying so, it for the games, though. That's my contention. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's sold for it's Nintendo games and that's it. Mostly. I mean, if you, if you don't want Nintendo games, you have others as well, but if you don't want Nintendo games, you're, you're going to be buying another console, I suppose. Yeah, there's some good stuff. There is some good stuff. I mean, uh, Zombie U is apparently excellent. Um, hmm. That's true. I, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of being won around by it. I, my, my issues with it are, it's just, yeah, it was a very frustrating console. It's got some really great games now and i kind of want one for the games but it's just as a console i still remember when they first announced it it was the most confused pitch i've ever seen <laughs> in my life it was just like right away from being like what is this like i think all- we might need to to explain if people don't know what it is it's not the wii it's not an upgraded version of the wii it's a different console that can also play wii games but it has this controller that's also that has a giant screen into it uh, that's kind of a tablet and that you can play games with so it's kind of like the xbox connect which sort of went away you you would be supposedly able to play games specifically developed for those two screens one of your on your uh, controller and one on your tv obviously but aside from wii u and maybe a couple of others they, that has gone away now it's just a great nintendo console yeah uh, with a weird I- screen And that's the thing. It's kind of the weird screen um, that it, that puts me off a little bit, just because. But it's not a deterrent, though, is it? It is for me in terms of a second console, because to be honest, it's it's very much a case of like you know, especially living in the UK, um, it's probably the same in Europe. But you don't have a lot of physical space sometimes in where mm. in the places where you live. And the nice thing about the PlayStation 4 in particular is it's a very sleek little thing that you can stack up on something or you can just slide next to it. Whereas the Wii U console, having both the console and then having to have a place for the mm. for this pad to live, because it's quite a large pad. And most people I know have them, have it on its little stand next to the TV. And it's sort of almost like, in my mind, it's like because of that nature of it you, you kind of in buying it you have to accept that it's going to somehow be a sort of centerpiece in your living room <laughs> and i, I kind so. of really for a second console want something that i can just slide away somewhere <laughs> and forget about a bit you know it's, it's pretty so. a weird thing to say but it's like oh I, no no i totally agree with you the the wiimotes are great you can put them in a, in a coffee table drawer or yeah. somewhere out of the way not a problem they run on normal batteries that dashboard tablet thing Uh, it has to be continually charged, and like you say, it's. Uh, we ended up putting it behind a chair so that we, you know, yeah. wouldn't have to look <laughs> like, at it. Because I just, I mean, as I say, as a, having a partner who isn't really interested in games, like you know, it's sort of like, hey, yeah. watch as I continually fill our front room with different <laughs> electronic boxes is kind of something that I could probably get away with, but I probably have to fight yeah. for. And it's like, is it fair worth enough. it? <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so I think, in conclusion, the Wii U, I would not have recommended it a few, uh, maybe even six months ago. Now, I would say yes, 
look at it at least. And you're right, Umberto. The the amiibo, which are kind of like the Skylanders slash Disney Infinity toys that you buy and use with your games, and you, it allows you to take the character, the toy characters from one game to another, um, are going to be super compelling for the the kids. The youngins. So there, there is definitely a lot more to say for the Wii U than there has been in the past. I think, uh, yeah, if, if you've got kids, then definitely. Because, I mean, yeah. that, actually, in terms of the kids' game market, it's a bit less good at the moment. Well, I don't yeah. know, it's hard to say. But, yeah, Nintendo are just nailing it. And talking about Nintendo, the 3DS, which also had a rough start, it's a little bit farther away, the, the rough start, and it's become the uncontested uh, success that we know. Um, it is also a Nintendo machine, and, and you buy it for Nintendo games, arguably, but I think even more than for the Wii U, it's just an excellent machine. Now, the screen is a little bit clunky, and quite frankly, the 3D is useless. I don't think anyone really uses it at this stage. Maybe they do, but it's a side thing. Um, but it has such an enormous catalog. Um, it's it's a really compelling machine. And also at the price, which is significantly lower than the other machines, um, it could be a, an interesting uh, buy for, for people who are looking to get maybe even, you know, they don't care about the portable, but getting one discrete, um, you know, tiny machine they can put anywhere. Uh, however, there is the new model that's coming out soon-ish, early next year, um, the, new, the new 3DS. So could we recommend uh, for anyone to buy a 3DS now? The current model? No, maybe uh, my opinion is that maybe waiting for the new model is a is a good idea. But still, the 3DS in general, I think, is the best console right now to play Japanese games because there are so many RPGs or different kind of games like Fantasy Life, which is like a mix between an RPG and a simulator of life, of course. And yeah, maybe the the best option is to wait the new 3DS, which is the new version. But still, uh, there is a kind of... I, I think you can buy uh, an old 3DS or however you want to call it, uh, like secondhand for uh, just maybe 100 euros or something like that. So yeah, I think it's a good choice. Hmm. It's, it's definitely, you're not going to regret it, probably. Uh, I'd ahead, really Matt. advise against getting the original 3DS at this point, to be honest. Um, the, the first model they released, I had one of those. And uh, it's a good console with... Great selection of games, but the battery life on the first model was very poor. Um, and you know, after playing for maybe four hours, five hours, it would be flat. And it was a big problem with that because one of the things I love most about 3DS is the way that you can just at any point you can just close it and it just goes into standby mode. And whilst mm. you're walking around, it does this cute street pass stuff where your console oh, that talks, is so brilliant. it talks to other people's consoles, and lots of games. Actually, the thing I'd be impressed with is lots of game developers, not just Nintendo, have been really cute and really cool about how they integrate that into their game. So mm. almost every game you get has something it does when your 3DS bumps goes near somebody else who's playing that same game and that's just it's kind of nice but it didn't work on the original 3ds because the battery life you'd put it into standby mode and you chuck it in your bag <laughs> and then it would run out of batteries and you hadn't saved your game and so you'd lose like hours mm. of progress but the 3ds xl and hopefully the new models has a much much better battery life the 3ds xl is probably one of my favorite consoles in years mm. so many well, amazing I games 
I have a, a 3DS uh, normal one, and it's fine. Uh, it does run out of battery occasionally, which is kind of silly for a portable. Um, but it is still it's a little bit cheaper it's it's a good machine and the the street pass thing is amazing um it i I don't understand how more people in every portion of life have not integrated that kind of technology it's brilliant seriously um it's really nice it's especially because even if you're not involved in a gaming community so much at that point i was commuting uh through london every day and every morning you go through london bridge station in the morning at nine you get like a lot (laughs) of street pass every day yeah it's just kind of nice like i don't know even if you're just a commuter and you're you're bored and you're sitting on a train it's kind of nice to know that there are you might not see them but there are other people who are like you Mm. who are playing through a japanese rpg on the way to work and it's like yeah i don't know there's something really nice about it it's no there is it's kind of asynchronous multiplayer feeling it feels like you're not alone playing this it's it's really brilliant but um i think i think i could recommend buying a a, a 3ds even a, an original one because the the new model yes the screen is going to be a little bit nicer it's going to have an extra hour of of battery life and it's going to have that second um analog stick which is not amazing from people who have tested it um but it's not going to be an entirely new thing and it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive than the current 3ds so i don't if you're really itching to get a a machine now uh, a console i think 3ds is a good choice um and the the other one is going to come out in what three four five months it's a long time to wait if you really want to play games now and there are so many excellent games uh on the 3ds which by the way even secondhand they're probably going to be a little bit expensive because mm. they're so good they, they they're going to be sold forever um so but you know you have the marios the zelda the animal crossing if you're into that which i'm not but whatever um uh bravely second uh, i mean bravely default so many excellent games that yeah even um, real gamers so kid icarus uprising is mm-hmm. brilliant I, I, yeah. I didn't I didn't play that for a long time because I looked at the the artwork for it and I thought God that looks awful it just it didn't <laughs> it didn't appeal to me whatsoever I started playing it and it's just fantastically funny fantastically clever really well designed really solid action game it's the thing that amazes me about the 3ds is in terms of a handheld device I think it's probably one of the best handheld devices I've ever played in terms of the scope of things you can get for it it's most handhelds you kind of go well it's good for these types of games and that's about mm. it. But it, there's a real wide variety. I mean, you've got you've got obviously a Mario Kart game on it, Mario Kart Seven, I think, which is great. You know, it's like it's got that point now where you could just go and just get the Nintendo games and have yeah. a great time. But also, yeah. you can go off piste, and there's lots of really really good third party stuff as well. And if you want to get DS games, which are a little bit older, but there are still some good things there as well, you can do that because it plays them. So yeah, yeah. All right. Um, PS Vita, PlayStation Vita. That's a more difficult... Uh, that's a thing that still exists. <laughs> well, you know, I have one. I bought it on our honeymoon in Japan last year. And I have to say, I really like it. I don't play it as much as I would... I don't play it as much as I like it, but I like it. It's got this micro PlayStation thing that it it's, it's a... a, a, a 
focused PlayStation experience with all the Japanese games. I mean, Persona 4, The Golden, um, which is a game that I think everyone who has a B PS Vita loves, it was jumping back into Japan. It, I lived in Japan for a few years, and it was like, not just because it's set in Japan, but also the type of game and the mechanics, and it's so Japanese, and you have tons of games like those uh, for the B PS Vita. I think I would say, if you look at the games on the PS Vita, and you still have to be convinced, then it's probably not for you. If you look at them and they speak to you and they whisper sweet nothings to you in your sleep and you're like, yes, PS Vita, I think I want to play you, then I think it's for you. If you're not in that case, if you're like, mm, maybe, you know, Uncharted looks kind of cool and, and gravity, gravity Rush thing, is, it looks okay, but if you're not already sold, I don't think we, we should sell you. Although there's... PlayStation Plus, which gives you tons of free games all the time, as we've said for the PS3 and PS4. What, what do you guys think of the PS Vita? Uh, I, I think it's interesting because it's like uh, you may like PS Vita if you are super casual or you may like PS Vita if you are super hardcore because Sony is like trying to push the PS Vita as a really hardcore indie kind of uh, focus console. So there are many When they're talking about which, it, which is, which is not often, often. Recently, they really haven't talked yeah. about it much, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, that's true. But uh, in the past, in the, in the last few months, they tried to mm. push the PS Vita as an indie console. And you can, you can find some nice game. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because you have such a good console as a 3DS and probably you want just one handled console. So yeah, it's hard, but I think that if you want a few indie games, if you want to play those indie games in the proper way, for example, that's my opinion, Spelunky on PS Vita is like the best version ever released. Mm. So it may have sense. Otherwise, go for the 3DS. Mm. Fair enough. I think the Anything PS Vita is really interesting, and it, it sort of shocks me to see it still doing so badly. Um, I wonder... Because it seems to me they've got some really obvious ways to turn it around, but it's difficult to know whether or not it's worth investing in uh, for that reason. Because, I mean, the main thing at the moment for me with the Vita is you can obviously by be building up a collection of games using the PS Plus. So if you've got a PS4 already, then you can keep getting all of these. Because a lot of the games now, especially the indie games, which Sony are getting really great relationships with indie games now. And for those of you who haven't been you know, keeping up with games over the last a couple of years or whatever you might you might think oh indie games whatever no no, no. The, the indie game scene has changed <laughs> dramatically now and it's not just kind of weird arty curios it's just simple great games often really reminiscent of old school retro games which is for people like me i you know if you're kind of like 20s 30s very exciting so you're going to have this catalog of games building up a lot of them are cross play so a lot of the games you buy on ps4 or get free with um kind of you know the monthly subscription stuff will also be playable on your Vita. And for me, it sort of feels like it's, the Vita is a kind of ticking time bomb of a purchase of, like, I probably will get one at one point, because at some point <laughs> I'll look at this collection of games that I have that all run on it, that are all really good, and I'll go, hang on a minute, if I spend, like, however much it is to buy one of these consoles, I'm never going to have to buy any games for it, ever. <laughs> and also the fact that remote play now works incredibly well. So the whole thing you were talking about earlier with the Wii U of having the ability to, instead of playing on a television, just playing on a little screen in your lap, the PS Vita apparently works seamlessly with games like Destiny 
Um, it, so, it does, but yeah. but the screen is smaller, and the UI is not always adapted to the small screen. And you also have don't have a, you also don't have as many buttons. But on Destiny, it works okay. I, I've seen it work not as well on other games, but but yeah, it's true. It is also another um, uh, another thing in the plus column. Um, I just yeah, kind of I would say uh, I, I think it's it. There feels like if Sony are smart, then th- they should be able to in the future to kind of cleverly link the two and make it so yeah. that kind of it's like a partner device for your PlayStation mm-hmm. Four. It's sure. just I'm really hoping yeah. they don't. The problem is it's hard <laughs> to recommend because in the past, uh, you know, they may just bail on it. You may buy one and they'll be like, oh, this is going to be great, and then in a year and a half, they Sony might just be like, no, yeah. we've given up on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's going to be the danger of any of these, right? I mean, the 3DS is, has sold well enough. It'll be around for the platform will be around for a while longer, especially with the new version coming out. But this last quarter, for the first time in a long time, 3DS sales declined. Uh, and I think a lot of these companies, Sony particularly, are looking at this saying, how do we compete with smartphone taking a lot of the casual players away? And Berto, I think you're right when you're saying it's great if you're casual, it's great if you're hardcore, but I think most of the casual players are just playing games on their phones or their tablets. Uh, And and so that leaves you with the hardcore players. And and I think Matt made the case well that the best hardcore scenario is if you have a PS4. So that kind of (laughs) narrows it down uh, a little farther. Uh, I, you know, I'm not saying that handhelds are dying uh, or, or, or dead, but uh, I think that that market is going to have to do something interesting to continue to compete for people's $200 next to ever and ever cheaper phones. You're right. And you also, know, oh, sorry, um, th- that's the prevailing wisdom in the tech industry. But I think I really think it's a it's not as accurate as people think. It's it's people who like games, people who are gamers want a dedicated machine it's kind of like the 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 discussion between the ps4 and the xbox one i really think that people who love games are going for the uh 3ds and ps vita maybe even the ps vita um i'm I'm gonna say a, a few things about casual and core gamers for a second here because it we're gonna go into mobile um and that is really an important distinction to make there are a lot of people i have the 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 ultimate definition of casual and core um for games and for players so open your ears i'm going to drop some some knowledge here <laughs> all right be ready um, the the it's really difficult to define a casual gamer or game and a core or hardcore gamer or game. And a lot of people try to say, well, you know, if it's about the amount of time you spend, it's about the uh, price of the games, it's about none of this is, in my opinion, none of this counts. What really counts is this distinction. A casual game is a game you will play when you have some free time. A core game is a game you'll make some time to play. And if you yourself are setting aside some time to play a specific game, no matter what it is, then you are a core gamer or, you know, you're a gamer. If you're just playing games when whenever you have free time to kill, then that's more of a casual thing. And that's my definition. And I think for, for you know, portable consoles, you really have people who want this experience. And yes, it's coming on mobiles a little bit, but you still have that... Um, try to be everything at the same time uh, thing, which non-gamers look at the mobiles and the tablets and they think, yeah, you can do games on those. So there you go. You have games. But 
core gamers who set out a bunch of time to play games, they want something that has been thought of as a game and as a gaming machine. Does it does it make sense? Am I way off base? No, I think it makes sense and it fits in with what I'm saying, which is is that the, the handheld consoles are more and more just for the hardcore. The the casual mm. gamers, as you're responding, won't set aside the time or the money for a handheld console, which they would have in the past. Uh, now they're mm. just not willing to. But I think you're right. I think Maybe. that's why handheld consoles aren't going to die, at least not soon, is because people who really want that experience are still willing to pay for it. The, again, I think... Yeah. You're gonna I have think to it's do not going away, is my point. Well, the, the sales are declining. That's my only... Mm. Yeah, theory. fair enough, fair enough. I think the thing I'd say with any of these consoles, and it's sort of a theme that runs throughout it, is just making sure that, in a way, the, the best consoles to go for, if you're interested in games, are the simplest ones. Because at the moment, the landscape, in terms of media, is shifting so quickly that... A lot of the, the kind of propositions, especially, you know, what Microsoft were trying to do with their media center and, you know, in some regards, the Vita is a bit of a kind of high end all in one thing, whilst the 3DS is just kind of a simple no frills. It plays games. That's it. Mm. Um, is the risk with all these things is you can end up getting something that out of nowhere suddenly seems a bit useless. I mean, we've seen this convergence lately of just now every device you can buy like televisions come with netflix built in you know it's like <laughs> I, I don't know it seems like there's still this wisdom somehow that the ultimate machine will be this all in one but now it's like with things like chromecast you'd be able to buy a 30 pound you know 30 pound dongle that you plug into a television and suddenly it's like all of these boxes that you have underneath your television just suddenly seem really pointless and mm. it's amazing how out of nowhere a single piece simple piece of t technology can just appear and suddenly make all this fancy stuff just look yeah. idiotic. And I think the only thing that won't change in the next five years is if you've bought a machine specifically just to play games, there will be no surprise. There'll be not be like, out of yeah, nowhere, it won't enough. suddenly be like, oh, there's a handheld device that's better than the 3DS. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. That's true. All right, let's switch to mobile. And the fact that I think... In, in the when the the first uh, smartphones, the first real smartphones, meaning iPhones and Androids came out, iOS and Android systems uh, came out, we were looking at the games and thinking like, well, you know, they're cute, but they're more in that you know pastime, uh, casual type of uh, uh, space. But recently, in the past couple of years, maybe we've seen some very serious games uh, come out on 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 mobile devices. And so I guess the, the other super important aspect of this is that you already have one, most likely. Um, you already have, as Tom was saying, and I'm sure he'll remind us of again, everyone has one. So everyone has are one. those... Uh, I'm sorry, Tom, I didn't hear you. Can no, you I was just it? reminding you everyone has one. You, you were <laughs> repeating what? I'm not I sure was reminding you because you, you said I would remind you, so I figured I'd just get it done. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so, so please, you know, tell me again later because now okay, you're sort yeah. of interrupting me. So um, the, 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 the mobiles are already in everyone's pocket. So are those good enough? Do people, let's address Tom's uh, uh, question earlier. Do people even need uh, dedicated machines? Well, I guess, Matt, you, you sort of answered it. But all right, let's ask it like this. Are those, what are the good games that you would recommend on, on mobile? We know there are casual games. What are the good core games for real gamers? Brah, we're real gamers um, on mobiles. Hmm? Well, I mean, maybe not mobile, um, but I know if you've got, Because often there's a lot of conversions between mobiles and, and like, 
tablets because a lot of people have also got like ipads and stuff now sure that counts that counts i know that that particularly as a xcom remains just one of the best games ever made and is on the ipad for about six seven pounds or something and i i I personally can't think of anything better than that in terms of uh, something that's very well suited to the platform but also is just incredible um Mm. but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a real, real game for sure, and it's work. It works perfectly, unlike some others, on the on the iPad. Uh, Umberto, you were going to say something. Yeah, I, I was saying Hearthstone for me is a. I think ah. it's the kind of it's a really good game, and it's the kind of game you want to play on your tablet, because otherwise, I don't like to play on tablets or smartphones because the problem is that. There are too many developers, too many games trying to do what you can play on your console just on your tablet. But it's not mm. the same. It doesn't work the same. And I can understand why people play FPS and that kind of game on their tablet. But if we are talking to people who want to enter the kind of game uh, ecosystem, I think it's not the best option because it's because the experience is not good enough unless you just want to play really casually. So, mm. yeah, I don't like... but. Yeah, of course, you can find Hearthstones and other good games, of course. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Hearthstone um, developed by my previous employer. Um, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's, it's really a great game. XCOM for sure. Any, anything else? Mm. Tom, have you been playing on your, on I, your you iPads know, I, and I iPhones and Android? Yeah, I don't play enough to really say this is the, the, the best, but it's certainly a lot of fun. And it, and it kept me playing for a long time was Skyforce uh, for Android. Uh, and part of the reason was th- that game just sort of lends itself to a, a touch interface. You're just moving your shooter around the bottom of the screen and avoiding things. And they they did a good job of not trying to make it overly complex analog style controls translated to a touch screen, but something that just follows your finger around, which is perfectly natural. Hmm. I think I, that's why. I, I was, uh, was going to say. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say really quickly. I think that's one of the biggest problems with. Um, it's not a problem. It's just like it's not that even that phone games and tablet games aren't hardcore. It's just that you can have some really great kind of core, in depth. Like I'm playing, you know, um, the Banner Saga at the moment, which is really kind of quite a hardcore game in a, in a way. You know, it's something you you sit down and spend a lot of time invested in. But it's which kind one is of it? um, the Banner Saga. It's kind of a, a Viking fantasy adventure with turn based combat and tough decisions about you taking a band of people through the snow and people keep dying and it's quite grim but it's really good um but it came out on pc originally but it came out on uh, ipad recently um and i also been playing the king of dragon pass which is a, a 1999 uh, pc strategy game which is incredibly in-depth incredibly detailed like really really hardcore and can that's you can great. you spell the banner saga i can't i never heard <laughs> the of banner it. saga so it's the banner like b-a-n-n-e-r S-A-G-A. Like Bruce Banner. Okay. Yeah, the Banner Saga. So because they're carrying this big red banner with them and they stitch the stories of what happens to them on their journeys into it. It's really dark but really good and it's got beautiful artwork. And it's like the perfect fit for the iPad. But the problem I have, because I've bought lots of games, having recently got an iPad, and I've played loads of games like that, but you've only got certain types of experience that really work okay, with touch interfaces. Right. Sorry, the Banner Saga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brit... <laughs> how do you pronounce it usually the banner saga 
Uh, that's yes, no, it prena- yes, it is. Right, you're is. saying what he's so, saying. Yeah, I'm, uh, no, I'm not. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's true. And you know, there are there are other games there. Um, uh, I've I've heard Valiant Hearts was really good on the on the iPad, mm. um, which is you know it's a, an interesting game. Um, but you also have real uh, old school games that work like Final Fantasy. You have a bunch of them uh, on the iPad. So uh, and the phone. Um, yes, it's not the most ideal uh, way to play it but again it's already in your hand i just feel um, like the scope the scope is a bit it's a bit diminished which is a problem in terms of like mm. you can have fantastic experiences with phones and with tablets but only very specific types of experience where like with I with so. with pads you've got more scope and it's not bad though. the thing that's crazy and it's almost like it's just the stupid world we live in is yeah you're right like everyone in their pocket often anyone who's got a modern iphone has like way more powerful or a modern Android phone, it's like, hey, look at this machine in my pocket. It is senselessly powerful. <laughs> it's like, yeah. they're yeah. so, it's stupid. It's it's ridiculous. And yet, yeah, it's like, it's not surprising to see people making interesting games for them now. Because it's like, well, mm. why don't we make a game for something where there's like millions of people who have one in their pocket? Yeah. I guess what I would say uh, in conclusion about mobile, it's a good... I, I do feel a little bit like Umberto, and I do feel that if someone has their first encounter, um, their first encounter with gaming on a mobile, I really do worry that they're going to be not having the best experience possible. Oh, sure. Now, sure. yeah. So it's not to say you shouldn't do it, of course. And there are games again that are excellent on mobile, but in general, um, even if you, it's too introduce yourself to gaming i would say go to a friend's house and try a wii u or a playstation or something like that um and it's not to, again it's not to say you can't play on mobile i do but it's not the best experience so i think the problem is it's not curated like no, it's not curated properly at all or even well the problem is it's one of those things where if you just don't know much about games you just go and you just buy what's popular and you end up getting the most popular mm. things because everyone else is playing them, so it must be good. And I think it actually creates a relationship that people have with games. If it's their first relationship, it can be quite toxic. I mean, you look at something like, um, uh, like you know, what's it called? Bloody Jewel Game, the Ju- Candy Crush. Oh, saga. Candy Crush! God. So you no. look at something like Candy Crush. Well, and it's, it's like yeah. It's all very well to be like, you know, a lot of people are just snobbing, go, oh, Candy Crush is awful. But it's like, it's not, it's just the problem with it is, is it's one of those games which is so heavily built around being addictive that if you're not, if you haven't played games before and that's what you play it, then it just means that if, I think a lot of people see games then as just being something you do as a distraction and something which will reliably eat up time when you want mm. to get rid of time. You know, it's like, I've got half an hour on a train and I don't want to have half an hour on a train. This will take the time away for me. And I think it's sort of in a way a bit, a bit joyless and people say, oh, I love it. I can't stop playing it. And it's like, it's just a bit of a shame. You sort of think, yeah, mm. but if you played something that was actually giving you, giving you an amazing experience rather than just sort of demanding a lot of you and getting you hooked into it, then you probably look at it in a different way. And I just think it's a shame because I think that's why some people will be people who weirdly conversely will spend a huge amount of their time playing games yeah, and yet not think of themselves as being somebody who likes games because it's, they're not really getting much out of it. I don't think. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's move on to the master of all gaming platforms, the PC and by PC, I mean uh, Windows PC as well as Macs and even Li- Linux, who's been getting uh, uh, quite a few more games in the recent 
I would say, 18 months or so. Um, the PC is, by, you know, everyone will agree that it's the best gaming machine ever made for anyone, ever, right? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> once, you've got it, once you've got it all set up right, yeah. 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 Um, the, the other thing that's really good about the PC is that most people already have it as well. And unlike mobile, where you do have some good games, but you have to be to know what you're doing, kind of, on PC, you have good games, period. You have all the games, and you already have it, and you can get them for super cheap if you just wait for the sales on Steam, which is the de facto um, platform for game publishing on the PC. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the perfect machine. I think actually, especially in terms of what I was just saying with curation, if you if you have, say, an iPhone or an iPad and you walk into the, the Apple iStore and you're just looking for what are the really, really good games, there are actually some sections on the iTunes store which are actually show you some stuff that's quite good. But largely, it's very easy to get very lost. Whereas actually on Steam, if you just go in Steam for the first time and you just look at like what games are really cheap and what games are really well regarded, like it's it won't send you in the wrong direction. Like you will end up like playing good things, which is kind of, it shouldn't be something that you celebrate, but in a way you kind of have to, you know, because it's a bit rarer so. than it should be. So only good, only good things about the PC, Umberto, Tom. Oh, well, I like yeah, the flexibility. Ask me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, Umberto, ahead, Umberto. go ahead. Oh yeah. For me, it's maybe, maybe the problem is that, to to have a good PC, you still have to spend a little bit more than for consoles. I mean, if you want to buy a good PC, you probably will spend from 600 euros and up. So, yeah, you still have to spend quite a lot of money. But then you have this platform which has a lot of exclusives, which have, of course, the, which has, of course, the all the... Uh, multi-platform games and also has a, a lot of uh, kind of unique type of games because if you look at free-to-play games there are uh, there are huge games like league of legends which are not just games but there is a huge community around there is the esports scene there is uh, uh, probably the best indie scene so you have so many options and today pc games is from Facebook game to super hardcore uh, star citizen played with your Oculus Rift. So it's really flexible. And uh, if you can and you want to spend a little bit more, I think today is really, it's a really good option. So Tom, as a, an, an occasional gamer, um, is that something you re you'd recommend to people to play on the PC? Yeah, well, you know, I probably the games I play the most are the games I play on my laptop because I'm already on my laptop doing something. That's kind of I realize that's a theme of what I've been saying through this. Well, I'm already on the <laughs> Xbox, so I, you know, so I go into it. But yeah, I mean, I play Hearthstone, I play Diablo, uh, I play Civilization, and those are all games that lend themselves well to you know a little bit of a lesser powered machine that I already have in my hands. And so I, I play those a lot. I still I have a gaming PC. I have a desktop PC. And more and more, I find myself thinking that it's not a chore, but like it's an extra step to have to go to it. Uh, and it's, it's so much nicer to be able to just dive into a game from wherever mm -hmm. I am. 
that said, if I really want the like full effect video and sound for some games, I'm definitely going to go turn on my desktop because it, bar none, has the best possibility of, of giving me that full experience. But it's interesting what you were, what you, the games you mentioned, you mentioned Hearthstone, uh, Diablo, and Civilization, which are three widely different games. Uh, and it comes back to flexibility, I guess. And even another thing we can say is that even for games that might not be super suited to mouse and keyboard, you can nowadays, it wasn't the case maybe five years ago, but nowadays you can plug in a controller on your PC and have a console-like control scheme that will will work perfectly well oh, with, yeah. with most games oh, yeah. um so it seems like the pc is the perfect machine except you are still sitting at your desk or having it on your lap you don't have that lean back experience and simplicity and there's an argument to be made about the fact that the access price is cheaper for consoles um and i understand that and i think i enjoy both in 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 different ways consoles and pcs but there is something really compelling about the pc for all those reasons the indie the different kinds of games and the cheap games i mean if there was i don't know let's say we wait for the sales for the winter sales and you would recommend one game on pc which one would it be Uh, let's start with Matt. Just one, only one game. It has. It can be any PC game at all. And Matt is gone. Oh, sorry, okay. I'm here. I was just something coming. No. Um, <laughs> one game. One game. Oh, yes. Always making me choose. Always making me choose. Um, oh, I mean, it's it is one on on all consoles, but it's also one that's often very cheap in sales on Steam and stuff because it's made by them. But I still think Portal Two is one of my favorite games of all time, and Bravo. I think. It's just, it's just, in, it's incredibly funny, incredibly touching, and also just a really good, mechanically interesting and fun game. It's pretty much perfect. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could stand behind that for sure. Um, Tom, oh, well, I'm really excited about Civilization Beyond Earth right now, uh, but it's probably too early for me to say that that would be the one. Uh, I, I'm kind of torn. Part of me wants to just say Papers, Please. Even though it's older, oh, wow. it's an incredible game. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And if you haven't played it, you you should play it. Like it's it's an incredible game. Um, but I I'd probably settle, and I know this going to seem like I'm kissing up to your old employer, but I would settle on Diablo uh, <laughs> because it's just it's easy to jump into. They've made it really fun. Uh, you can play it. Your control system is is simple enough that I I can play it with the trackpad on my laptop uh, mm. and have a really good experience. So I'd, I'd probably. I'd probably go that direction. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I could. Yeah, I could uh, recommend Diablo for sure. The only reason um, I wouldn't recommend that is because you're hosting the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, I think Diablo three was. Uh, I, I found it like quite disappointing at launch for a lot of reasons. But what as it is now, it's yeah. it's fantastic. It's like yeah, exactly. I, I I couldn't recommend it more right now. I'm just a bit gutted that I played it so much when it first came out because I kind of feel like I've <laughs> burnt myself out on it too early. Um, I would say yeah. the one problem with PCs, though, actually, and it's something that I always forget about, and it comes in waves for some reason. I'm not sure why. You have, like, periods of a couple of years where everything is just wonderful, and you just cheap games, and it all runs beautifully, and you just it's golden times. But recently, this year particularly, I've had a lot of problems with stuff just not working as much, and you kind of forget that one of the 
potential risks you have is sometimes just you running <laughs> yeah, a game your PC and it's just gonna yeah something's just wrong and, yeah, it's like you true. know you've got a great pc like i had wolfenstein this year and it's like i l- really like that game but it was just like i couldn't get it to work properly and when i looked mm. at online it's like yeah if you've got like some graphics cards it just doesn't work really <laughs> and it's like what um so just yeah, sometimes you end it's, up having yeah. to mess around with stuff and there is something beautiful be a pain, yeah. having a system where you know if you've bought a disc and you put it into the machine it will just work and you won't have any problems with it you know which is That's underrated true, yeah. but yeah. supposed to be the advantage of pcs right is is that like oh well the pcs is such a, a broad platform it should always work but i know what you mean it's the same yeah. with the iPad stuff, though, actually. I've been playing, like, you know, sometimes when you play phone games or iPad games, you don't know which model of which phone or which iPad it's been optimized for. And you sort of think, it starts running, and you think, this doesn't run very well. And it's kind of <laughs> frustrating that you don't know exactly what kind of experience you're going to yeah. get because it's not kind of consistent across the board in the same way that consoles are. That's true. Uh, Umberto, you're the PC yeah. specialist here. Which one yeah. would you recommend? Mm, it's a tough question, right? too many choices but to say something a little bit different i will i'm gonna say crusader kings 2 which is a kind of a turn-based strategy game made by paradox which is a development studio and publisher uh, really bounded to the pc market and it's really interesting because it's a it's a it's a game made for pc and of course it's a strategy game but at the same time has the PC uh, in the last few years, the, the series and all these kind of uh, strategy games made by Paradox uh, are becoming much more accessible. So now you can play this kind of really deep game, even if you are not super expert. And it's, uh, it's really unique because you have these strategy elements, a lot of uh, really strong RPG and uh, uh, emergent story elements. So it's a super, uh, it's a super interesting game. It's still complex, but it's accessible, and you can buy it for uh, probably during sales for I don't know nine euros, nine dollars, mm. something like that. So it's cheap, and it's it's different from uh, pretty much any other game out there. So it's it's a good choice. Pretty cool. Um, and my uh, recommendation would be. A couple of games that I picked up, I think a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, um, over, you know, at the uh, winter sales uh, on Steam. And that was Batman, uh, Arkham Asylum and City. Now, I realize they're not um, PC only. Uh, but, you know, Diablo 3 isn't either. Um, and you can get them super cheap. And they're such excellent game, especially City. If you only can get one, if you can only get one, get City. But Asylum is, is good as well. I'd say the um, opposite, but that's the story for another oh, really? day. <laughs> but they're both great oh, games. They're both great games. You know, games. I, I loved in City. So you play Batman, obviously, and you zoom around in the city. And I loved, you know, just walking around, listening to the thugs talking about how you know they would they, they were talking about how their bosses which are the batman villains would be so are are not so special and they would go like yeah i could do that and one of them would go well you've never done anything incredible the only thing you've done is kill your whole family at at uh, thanksgiving so you'd be like turkey man ha 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 and they'd be you know it's so well written yeah it's no, so, it's, 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 they're both really strong games yeah. to be honest 
They are. And the, the fight, the combat system is so great. And it's actually been used by Shadow of Mordor. And it's, it's, it's just, uh, I love the Batman series. There, there are tons of excellent games on, on PC. Um, but yeah, Batman is great. And I'm, I'm purposefully not recommending any game from my previous employer, but they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've, we've, done a good roundup of of the entire industry here any anything else we want to add before we close this off and uh sign off i think we're good i think it's good yeah yeah Yeah. all right so uh hopefully you dear listener now have a uh, pretty good understanding of the entire um video gaming industry at this stage uh hopefully we haven't said anything too stupid uh but if we have you can go to frenchspin.com and uh tell us so you can do so in the comments and you'll also find another show that i'm uh, that i'm going to be launching fairly soon in about a month uh which is called the Phileas club and that's really fun you get uh, people from a bunch of different countries to come together a little bit like we did now, but to talk about world news and current affairs. So you get different perspectives on all of that. And I think it's cool. Uh, but that will be that will be coming back in uh, in about a month. For now, it's Pixels, this show. And if you want to hear more about the people who have been on the show, uh, you can go to, for example, to uh, find out more about Tom. Please, can you tell them where to go? Uh, sure. Well, TomMerritt.com with two R's and two T's is my main website that collects everything I do. Uh, but particularly, uh, my main show is Daily Tech News Show at DailyTechNewsShow.com, uh, of which Patrick Beja is a weekly contributor. So he'll be on the show tomorrow. If you'd like more Patrick Beja, join us. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was my subtle way of reminding you to, to show up tomorrow. <laughs> I will. Um, Umberto, what about you? Well, uh, if you speak Italian, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Multiplayer.it is like the, the biggest Italian video game website. We cover pretty much every platform. We do videos, articles, streams, news. And I mean, it's, it's just a huge website for uh, everybody who likes game, who like games, but you need to speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what about your, your Twitter account, maybe, if you want to promote that, too? Mm, yeah, absolutely. At uh, you, uh, yeah, you Moyoli. Okay. My name, so. So, U-M-O-I-O-L-I. And it will, all right. of this will be, in the, uh, will be in the show notes, of course, at frenchspin.com. Uh, Matt, what about you, sir? Hello. Well, um, I mostly do stuff on YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel, which is YouTube forward slash Matt Lees, I think. Although that's a bit quiet at the moment because I'm not doing a huge amount of work due to personal boring life stuff. Um, but I also, if you have any interest in, in board games, I work very closely with uh, some of the guys called uh, a website called shutupandsitdown.com. Uh, which is a great site about kind of traditional games. So, you know, kind of like physical things, board games. Um, but yeah, in between that, I, I do a whole bunch of stuff in a whole bunch of places, but mostly I can be found on Twitter. Just I'm jam underscore sponge, like a cake. So, oh. yeah, I have to... Oh, it's a cake. It's is like a cake. a cake. Yeah, like a Victoria oh. sponge cake. People always wonder what it is. I was okay. I was eating a cake when I came up with my name about 15 years ago. It's really boring. Um, I would also <laughs> say, actually, if you like podcasts, then I do record a podcast specifically about video games, um, which is called Daft Souls. And uh, we haven't done many episodes of it, but it did win an award last month. So, hooray. Oh, so, um, which, which award was that? 
Oh, just a kind of industry games award thing. Oh. But it's nice. It's a piece of Perspex and I get to keep it. And that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent. So that's Daft Souls. Uh, Daft Souls, yeah. That. Excellent. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, oh, for me, not Patrick uh, on Twitter. That's where you can find me. But uh, you probably knew that already. Uh, I think that's going to be it. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for uh, for being on. We might have another show in about a week or so because I'm going to BlizzCon um, and we might uh, do a show from there. I don't know if you guys would will be um, the, the ones who are going. I think Umberto and Tom will be there. I will be there, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll see if we can uh, find time to uh, to record something. If you're interested in, in being on, uh, we'll see how that goes, uh, because I'm sure you're going to be very busy there. And then uh, a few weeks after that, uh, we'll launch the show proper, which will be um, every two weeks, as I said, and we'll have fun doing that, too. So thank you so much for listening, people, and we will talk to you very soon. Bye. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching fashion trends, pep talks where we give advice, mental health moments, and games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.